welcome to Raising Our Children, a podcast dedicated to hearing personal and professional reflections on what it means to help the next generation become their best selves. Welcome everyone to this episode of Raising Our Children. My name is Farhan Akhtar-Kavari and I'm your host today. Um, I'm so excited today to be interviewing Shane Masters, a very close friend of mine who's pretty much like my brother. He's a very dear friend of mine and I was so touched, you know, throughout my 20s, him and his wife Carol really welcomed me into their family and it was a really touching thing because through that time I got to see them raise their four children um, and, you know, their four children mean the, the, so much to me. They mean so much to me. And to be a part of someone's life and to see how they did different things and um, was really so touching and so generous. And, uh, yeah, Shane, his humor the, is just delightful. His love of cinema, his love of storytelling, his love of people is infectious and I'm really so excited to um, have a chat today with Shane about some of these really defining and important moments in his own life and the life of his um, and the lives of his children. So, Shane, welcome. Thanks for having me. It's a it's a big intro. It's a good, a oh, good buddy. Thing. Yeah, man, you mean a lot to me. And thank you so much for being here. Um, yeah, I was just maybe the first one I always I'm going to ask is you know. You personally, have you, do you remember a memorable childhood experience that inspired you um, and the way you wanted to interact with your own children? Was it, you know, a teacher or your own dad or your mom or something that really touched you and you go, yeah, I want to, I want to bring that experience to my children one day. Yeah, pretty much my father. Um, my parents got divorced quite early. Um, we were quite young, me and my two younger brothers. Um, so the three of us, we kind of had to do the weekends with dad, um, and then your normal week with mum. So we looked forward to the weekends and, and dad had a nice, uh, little place down by the Tweed river. So, you know, we'd fish, we'd swim, we'd get into a lot of mischief and everything else. But dad was so good. A couple of rules that he had, you had to be home to have lunch. If you didn't come home to have lunch, you couldn't go back out again. Mm-hmm. And then the second one was we had to be home before the lights came up on the at the caravan park. So, you know, pretty much that's it. You know, we, we lit fireworks, we skateboarded down hills, we <laughs> swam across the Tweed River and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, to all the different islands surrounding it. So, um, so he was really, and, you know, to pretty much started me off with, with my love for movies is that's, you know, Friday, Saturday night, that's what we do. My two younger brothers would go to bed and we'd watch spaghetti westerns or we'd watch, oh, you know, when Star Wars came around, (laughs) you know, so excited. And then as I got older, he would drop me down into Coolangatta so I could watch a movie, then come back and pick me up and then we'd discuss about it, what I liked, what I didn't like about Mm. it on the way home. Was he also always a movie buff? Um, Or did he just see that you had a passion for stories? He did. He... He grew up with pretty much he at his heart country western. He loves country western music, and you know the funny thing is I was named after the movie Shane. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah so and it's, a, it's a great thing. So that was one of the things that when I was old enough to kind of um, get into and experience the joy of watching the transition of the scenes between actors and, and watch as you start to care and, and identify with the characters on the screen, that that's when he sat me down and we watched this movie, Shane. And, you know, my other brothers, you know, they were named for different things. Um, but I think that to me, because later on we always struggled a little bit to find common ground just in the fact that, you know, I grew up fast and, you know, independent and, you know, I think we were just on the same book but probably very different chapters. Mm. So there was, you know... So explain maybe to the listeners why uh, that happened. So... With the with the divorce, they wasn't. My father was a saint through it all. Like my mother was, um, she can be quite a handful with a lot of things. And so, you know, a lot of stuff she tried to spark fights or you know threaten custody. And all the way through, my dad was like, you know, I'll just do what I can, and and never once said anything bad, you know, against. Even though she did some, you know, and and it's you know, divorce is 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 a tough thing, but. So he always put us first and foremost, and that to me was the, I suppose, I, why I identified more with him than with her, that, because I could see both sides of it. Mm. And I saw that he kind of was playing with more of a, well, fighting with ground rules, fighting with there's no cheap shots, there's no, mm. um, you know, no dirty tricks, whereas my mother, it's win at any cost. So, mm. which is not a bad thing in itself as well, but so... So he died, so we, so yeah, so we, they got divorced probably 14, I was 14, my younger brother's 12 and 10. So then... Um, so you were still just in high school? Yeah, I think I just started and we had to move back to Queensland because we were living in the Tweed at that time. So we went back with mum and then, um, so then from there on, and then my father passed away when I was 21. So mm. it probably those seven years... I didn't seem as much as what I could have or, you know, as soon as you get 16 and, you know, you get your car and mm. everything else and you, you think you're pretty cool and don't need anyone else yeah. <laughs> except when you need fuel money. But um, <laughs> so I kind of regret that, if anything, is that the relationship that I had with my father, I guess you kind of miss it where you sort of take it for granted, I guess, and that once, once I found out he was ill, um, that's kind of when it turned on its head and then, you know, he pretty much went downhill uh, pretty quickly. So it went from finding out that, yes, he's had this, you know, quick succession of strokes and um, that he's, you know, hopefully will get his voice, you know, be able yeah. to talk and, and everything else and then to have a heart attack, you know, even a minor one in that just kind of boom, boom, boom. So by the time I kind of, I suppose eloquently you know get my head out of my own ass and mm. sort of look past that selfish teenage uh, phase that by the time I really I only had a couple of weeks to mm. sort of and did you have to help your mum raise the younger brothers yeah so um yeah we did the we had us uh, unfortunately my mother married a, a guy who liked to drink quite a lot and mm-hmm. Um, and had a lot of rage issues and everything else. So it was, you know, it's one of those things that you'd, you'd wake up on a Saturday morning and 
you were too scared to turn the TV on because if it made too much noise, he would come out and yell you know, and kick and scream. Yeah, and backhand mm-hmm. and throw stuff at you. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we, you know, I'd take my brothers outside and we would, you know, at that stage we were into the, the American WWF wrestling. So, <laughs> yep. Do all that and, you know, or show them how to do tricks on BMX bikes and stuff like that. So, um, it wasn't until probably older on that um, when I moved out of home quite young and then, you know, I felt bad not being able to take him with me, but I knew that if I could get myself sorted, get a place, get um, get a stable job, income, that, yeah, if anything did happen, they could come stay with me. They'd have and a safe place with their brother. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, and so even my younger brother, when I was 20 or 19, maybe not even 20, that he came and lived with me for six months because he couldn't. He couldn't live in the house, so yeah. which is fine. But you know, I think um, it's yeah. I totally love how you described how your dad, in a way, showed such care, but still gave you the freedom. It sounds yeah. And um, I, I definitely, you know, over the past 10, 11 years, have seen you also do that with your kids. And I, you know, I never forget, and I still hold it so dear. Is the statement you said to me a few years ago? You looked me in the eye and you said, Fazzy, I, I already feel successful. i got four kids that I love and a wife that loves me endlessly. You know, um, I'm blessed. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't have asked for a better, better situation. Yeah. And I guess, but I believe that you also probably created that because of some of those other difficult moments, you know, that you had to pass through. You realized you, you wanted that experience that your dad gave you for you know, your kids, and that love was just reciprocated. Um, yeah, I, um, it's funny you remember that. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things, I guess, that the, I've always been that strong for family, and, and it's, it's one of those things when I lost my father and, and I didn't get along well with my mother that I kind of, you know, from ages probably 15 onwards, I pretty much was living out by myself, um, working, and, and I still finished high school, and then, um, got into basically getting a full-time job and, and then just basically putting my head down and, you know, buying a car and putting money away and everything else that I didn't kind of do, I suppose, a lot of the stuff that teenagers did at that 15 or 16, 17, 18 because um, I had to work and I had to go to school. So um, I guess that, yeah, so when I did meet my wife at the at the time, it was... Yeah, I just knew. I just knew that she was... And, and the good thing is we were friends first. You mm-hmm. know, we had both kind of come out of relationships that were quite um, quite taxing and, um, and pretty much sworn off the opposite sex. And so we were just good friends. And, you know, she was down to, to go and watch, you know, back-to-back movies, which, you know, is a bit tough for people. But, <laughs> you know, we'd go in the afternoon and see one, then go out and get a bite to eat and then go back in and see a second one and... So just cool things like that. And then, um, you know, six months of that, we're, we were just really, really good friends. And then it's just kind of silly how it happened. We just were talking and, yeah, we just basically both blurted out that we would had feelings for each other and more than just friendship. And mm. it's pretty much good. So I got lucky that, you know, my best friend uh, that I was able to find and and, you know, get to know and then obviously... Yeah, we move on, boyfriend, girlfriend, and then get engaged and mm. married, and then 
boom, you know, the four kids. Nice. So, yeah, which is good. She she jokes about it that I trapped her with the four kids, but, <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, hopefully on a future episode, um, Carol will also join us on um, Raising Our Children. But um, Shane, buddy, so, like, maybe you could share with the listeners, like, how did you, like, over time create this with Carol in terms of, like, because, you know, tough moments in life, we're all experiencing one currently. Yeah. You're going through one yourself, um, you know, in this situation with a bit of um, being stood down and stuff. And many people are going through this this difficult yeah. situation. And, you know, maybe, like, is there something that you guys, like, just know that holds you and your family together when their things get going tough, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, we, um, we've always been strong on the, the I suppose it's the, uh, uh, idea that we're the two of us in a foxhole and so I know that she has my back completely and I and she knows that I am there for her 100% so even when we did have uh, our first child and a lot of people you know they we didn't want to put um, Jen in with us you know mm. once she was um, okay to sleep through and everything else we would let her sleep in her room and everything. And as the kids got older, we always had a locked door policy. Mm. So if the kids would come in and, you know, if Carol and I needed to talk about something or even just spend time together, the kids knew that if that door is shut, you knock. We acknowledge, let you know, you know, come back at five or come on in. And so they knew. So we always made sure that our relationship was the strength. And we talked about it tonight about that airline analogy mm, yeah where the mask dropped down and, and as a parent that you're told to put the mask on yourself first before your children even though your natural reaction is to save them and uh, yeah to do with them you have to think logically and and that you know if you don't do it for yourself first then you're no help to anyone mm. so that's kind of how we we always kept our relationship strong in that way that we always kind of not quite checking in with each other, but we always made sure that, so, you know, our routine, as you know, is, you know, we go to work, we come home, we sort dinner for the kids, we sit with them, and then we go for a walk. Mm. And that's when we debrief. Yeah, we debrief and we have a chat and we talk about this and we talk about that and, you know, anything that's coming up, how we're feeling, um, you know, and stuff like that. And so that way there's none of this, at least in our perspective, none of this, oh, I don't know what she's thinking or I don't know Mm. what's, going on we've always had this um frank honest open line of communication so you know and sometimes you, you don't want to hear that you're being a horse's ass but yeah you know it's it's one of those things that you know she's happy to call me and, and vice versa and but you know at the end of the day you, you treat them with respect this is you know this is a person that you love and yeah you for so you know the least i feel that you can be is is honest with them and, and let them know how you're feeling and and, you know, so that, that's what we've tried to do. Yeah. It doesn't always work, um, you know, in between with the kids, you know, working and everything else and we're ferrying them to and from work and, yeah. you know, having to go to the shops and everything else. So there is a sometimes that we'll have a couple of days where we're out of sync and we won't sort of see each other. But then, you know, those Sundays that we have together, every Sunday together, that's the time that we, yeah. you know, kind of get everything out of the way. And, 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 you know, the kids are all old enough now. We can, we can shoot off down to Burley or... Yeah, you know, go for a walk and spend some time together. But what I'm hearing is as well that, you know, raising our children is not just like a one man show, no. you know, like from what I'm hearing is it's, it's really important, like who you're choosing to raise the kids with and how you go about that. And, you know, I think 
this these conversations, that openness and that frankness has been something I've personally loved seeing. Um, sometimes I get to be a part of those. Yeah. And, you know, I'm so, again, so grateful how generous you guys have been to let me see some of those situations play out. And, and maybe you could share with us, like, how through the different stages of your children growing up, you know, now you've got two left in high school, two, yeah. two are out of schooling. Yeah. But, you know, maybe if there's some key moments that you remember when, you know, you had to have have this open communication with the kids about different situations yep. or like tough ones, good ones, happy ones, sad mm-hmm. ones, bad ones. How did they learn about being open with you guys, with each other, with themselves? Okay, well, we've got four kids, obviously. And so we've got um, the eldest is a girl, Jenny, and then it goes to the two boys, Aiden and Christopher, and then Katie's the baby. So with, I suppose, not quite discipline, but, you know, consequences for actions, you know, with Jen's first child, we absolutely out of our element and, you know, read quite a few books and listened to other people and everything else. And so finally you kind of get a handle on that and everything's running smoother. And then, you know, we find we're, we're pregnant with Aiden, which is fantastic. And then he comes through and it's a whole different ball game. Really? Yeah. So everything that worked with Jen absolutely didn't work with him. So then you're, you're relearning <laughs> Do you again. think that's the boy-girl thing or do you well, think that was just different no, I personalities? Think, different? I think it's, yeah, I think it's absolutely the, probably to do a little bit with the boy-girl thing. But then Christopher again, so we have followed up with another boy mm. and he was exactly the same. Just like, so, so totally different. So again, um, you know, he would, he would answer to more, um, consequences of losing toys or being you know put in time out where that affected him whereas Aiden would just sit there blissfully going I can wait this time out more than you so <laughs> so we had to find of find ways to kind of um impact him that were more meaningful for him and, you know Aiden's a lot like Carol so she'll do what she'll do but as soon as you sort of stop them from being able to do what they want that's that's kind of the trick for it so and then Katie's the youngest and she's kind of more full of life yeah (laughs) oh man she's a handful but um and so with her again it's a whole different thing she had been the youngest of the of the pack that she is a more I suppose more affectionate than the other three um which is good and also bad because she you know affectionate can go to almost clingy and so but with all of them the and how have you like maybe that's a good point like you know it's again such a beautiful quality but if gone to an extreme it can become a negative thing so absolutely like because as a dad you know you want to maintain this strong connection with your child but at the same time has there been any insightful moments for you around how you communicated that with your you know teenage daughter um, who, who in your eyes is still your little daughter and who's you know now growing up to become a young lady and yeah well that's that's the thing you know Jen's 21 she'll be 22 soon so whereas I enjoy with her the more adult um, mm. conversations and with and, the eldest daughter yeah and so she'll come to me and, and instead of sort of saying hey I need help with this she'll say hey what do you think about this? And she'll talk to me about it and we'll discuss theories and we'll, you know, so it's, it's very good because I feel that she's coming to me as a, somebody to not, not sort of come and say, Hey, fix my problem or tell me what I need to do. 
but she is more kind of happy to have me on board to help solve these problems, uh, to help do. Whereas Aiden's so very independent that um, he'll flat out come and ask me, oh, I need a hand to do this, which is fine. But other than that, he is completely self-sufficient, mm. you know. And, and Christopher's his own man as well. Um, but at the moment, Katie, who's 14, she likes to do a lot of stuff with me, which is good because you, you find – I always found that balance of trying to be so – um, not sort of like their friend, but you know, I, I'm a big rough and tumble, so we would always play. You know, you know me, my love yep. of Nerf guns. Um, that we would always, you know, I could sit there and play Lego with them for hours, play with Thomas Tank trains, uh, all the way up. So sometimes it gets, I suppose, a little bit hard where you're enjoy interacting with them so much, but then as soon as you've got to take that stance and we have to discipline or we have to talk to them about something, it's um, it makes it a bit of a harder transition. But I suppose the biggest thing we did, which goes through our family, is, as you know, is honesty. Mm. So, you know, a lot of the times we ask the kids if they've done something, we already know the answer. Yeah. You know, and we give them the opportunity to be truthful. And, yeah, if, if they've, say, broken a window, like the two boys, you know, hitting golf, cl- golf balls in the backyard with golf clubs. Like, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realise that a window's going to get smashed. <laughs> so... And, and here's the two differences. Both boys were doing it and Aiden basically ran and hit the club. They're only probably 12 and 10. And Christopher's the one who came in crying saying, I'm so sorry we broke the window. Mm. And when asked, Aiden, no, 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 I didn't. I wasn't anywhere near it. <laughs> and so, you know, so Christopher, okay, mate, no worries. It was an accident. Fine. But because Aiden had lied and tried to hide the club and everything else, he got punished. Mm. So it's... It's always been if they tell the truth and if it, if it really is an accident, then, you know, it's an accident. But it's the fact of lying. That, mm. That's the thing we never put up with. And, and, you know, we always tell the kids up front if there's anything. We have – we've always had conversations as a family, what they want to have for tea. You know, mm. we always try to do your family meals each week. Um, we talk to them if we're planning holidays. You know, we always try to include them and, and make them feel, an uh, you know, a valued part of the family. And they had a – everyone has a kind of a vote so it's not that we sort of tell them what they can and can't do it and the same thing you know there's no sleepovers you know during school nights um you know it's just basic ground rules that you know we sort of you know bedtimes get higher as they get older yeah no exactly i think yeah i love how like you know, again, like I, I came over this afternoon and what are you doing? Of course, you're helping one, you're helping Jenny um, sort out some stuff. And, you know, yeah. I just, I always love that. Whether it was I'd come in, you're playing with them or I'd come in, you're helping them. Or I'd come in, you're helping them learn, you know, um, do some of their homework or whatever. But um, maybe two things we could just maybe, one, one thing first is like the role of technology because this past decade, you know, we've moved almost from the iPhone to um, the tablets and the iPads to now wearable tech and, like, you know, the role of technology in our lives. Um, yeah, how, how have you guys, you know, talked about this in terms of making sure that, yes, technology is going to be an important part of your life and we want you to learn and use it, but at the same time we don't want you to just be silly about it, yeah. meaning, you know, just using it for the heck of using it or just being engulfed by media, you know, consuming YouTube, consuming yeah. games, you know, and how to balance that. Because I, I imagine, and I know, you know, from my little nieces and nephews that I'm, you know, 
that's become a conversation many parents are starting to really think about and maybe you have some experience yeah, to share. We um, probably in the last two, Chris and Kate are probably the ones who really caught a lot of that um, because when they both went to high school, it was, uh, you know, the paperless schools and so they had to have iPads and everything else. So we, we maintain it after, you know, 7 o'clock at night, all devices are off and they watch TV and, you know... It's been easier for me with Carol being a teacher and and that because she's much more savvy mm. when it comes to that. You know, I um, I'm happy to let them kind of go if they're quiet or if they're yeah. doing. But you know, we've had a couple of scares. You know, where the you find that they're online and they're um, you know some of the online games they're playing. Mm. You know, you find out later that it's you know it's open to everyone and everything, and so you're sort of like, well, you know, I didn't know that, so. Mm. Um, so it is quite a, a fast learning. So do you curve. think it should be that, like, just make sh- encouraging parents to make sure they know the details yeah. of those games that their kids are engaging in? Yeah, it was the hardest thing for me. I, I think because of my, I always had a, a strong gaming background, and and I always enjoyed playing games yeah. with the kids. And 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 even now, you know, Christopher's sixteen, so there'll be afternoons or on the weekends if Carol's out and about, or um, we're Chris and I are home. He'll come out and say, Dad, Battlefield. Yeah. Sweet. So then we'll get on and, and do all that. So, the, so there's some great things with it as well. But, you know, if we left Katie alone, she'd be on YouTube and TikTok and all that for hours and hours on mm-hmm. end. And, it, you know, it doesn't do them any good. So, yeah. We, but it is hard. Like, we, we do. That's probably one of the things that we, Carol and I, talk or discuss and I suppose even fight about on that is 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 the access to it you know we we've got two well one that's at university and all the others are except for Aiden the other two are still at school mm. so you know we've we've got access to everything they've, they've all got iPads and, and yeah. laptops and everything else that for their schoolwork that they you know a lot of the times they work quietly in their rooms and you don't know what they're doing or mm. you don't so you know but we you have to trust them I think that's the biggest thing that for parents is, and again, it's without talking to too many analogies, but I, I always like to use that when kids learn to ride a bike, mm. that you, you know, you can go through them how to pedal and, and try to get strength, but it's that moment where you're running with them and you know you have to let go. <laughs> you know they're most likely going to slow down the wheel's going to turn them and they're going to go face over. You know, they're going to hit the ground, they're going to do this and that. And you just, as a parent, you're like, this is the worst thing. But you have to because they need to learn to be their own person. Mm, they, they need such to Such an learn. amazing thought, yeah. So so that's what I always sort of think of is that in, in some cases that we, we give them, I suppose, that you give them enough rope that if they do the wrong thing, you're going to know about it and you can sort of say, well, hey, listen... We allowed you to have it till seven. You decide to sneak it into your room after you were told not to. Mm. So for a week, as soon as you get home and you finish your schoolwork, mm. three thirty, four o'clock, it's gone. Yeah, you know, and, and and that's what hurts them. You know, that one. You know, they sort of think they're maybe too cool or too smart to kind of get one over old dad. And then as soon as you, um, you know, ping them on it, and they lose it for a week, then. You know, it's the end of the world. So, yeah. so you don't have too many of them. Like, thankfully, our our kids have been pretty good so far. Touch wood. Mm. But, um, but yeah, it's always a constant, always yeah. a constant thing. You know that. Like, yeah. you know, I, I couldn't do what you guys do in, in a classroom. Like, yeah, no, for sure. Know. 
What about from a parent's perspective with the world of learning? So, you know, you come home. I know it's even now because of all the home learning that's happened, but let's think, let's just put that aside for the moment. Just, you know, how, again, it's obvious hearing how individual and unique every child is in your family and every family. But how did, what were some things that you found really useful to, you know, help your kids um, for their learning? Well, we always read to them. Um, so Golden Books, I remember when we had Jen and, and I think it was her mother bought a box of like 10 Golden Books. Yeah. And so... Such man, a beautiful, those so collections, good. yeah. And then when Harry Potter, like, you know, when the first Harry Potter, the kids loved it because mm. you could do the voices and you can do, Mm-mm. you know, all stuff. So we always encouraged them to read. They all had library cards when they were in primary school and so, you know, I would have the Tuesday, Wednesdays off. So Monday was the day. Monday we would have all of the um, the library books from the library and we would take them in on the Monday afternoon after school because I'd pick them up. And then we'd go and pick three books each. And then, so they all had to have, they had to hand the books in, talk to the librarians, get them scanned. Mm show them the card and yeah. you know it, that was there and they were responsible for them mm-hmm. so you know over the weekend it gave you two days to kind of get the books where they needed to be and um, and then that was a routine and we did that for so long um, you know and Jen was insane she she could read at quite an early age and, and a voracious reader mm. that by the time I was reading Harry Potter to her um, and you know that she would actually go beyond so, so I would read a, a a chapter. Yeah, I always remember how much she loved reading. Yeah, and then, I remember for a birthday present, I we took her, I took her to the bookstore. Yeah, because I just remembered how much she loved reading. Oh, amazing! And so then you know, I'd go back to read the next night, the next chapter. She's finished the book, <laughs> and you're like, okay, so so I had to do a lot of reading on my own to to kind of back it up. But um, you know, whereas Katie was, she was much happier to watch. She would come and watch sort of things with you and then, um, you know, up until a certain point you could read to her, but then she just wanted to read to herself mm-hmm. and read by herself. So um, so those are the things. And it, it's tough. All parents know, the, especially working parents, both mums and dads, that, yeah. you know, when you leave the house when they're younger, you know, it's so hard to leave because they're so distraught that you're, you're walking mm-hmm. out. And then they're so excited when you come home. And then when they get old enough, they're like, yeah, see ya. <laughs> you know, yeah. you come home, hey, dad. Anyway, so, you know, but it's all evolution. It's, it's all, and I've said, you know, we've, we've discussed about a, a lot of things of, you know, relationships and, and life and everything else that it, it is. And, and particularly this time with the pandemic that we're, we're going through, it's all change and it's all your ability to adapt and your ability to, I guess, roll with the punches, but also seeing the good in it, mm, you know, mm. and, and trying to be better and trying to be, that's what I, I, I really try to impart to the kids that, you can do better and you can be better. Like it's so easy if, you know, particularly with 14 year old girls that, um, you know, everything's so dramatic and, and social media can be so mean and hurtful and everything else that, um, I always try to get particularly Kate to, you know, put the phone down, sort of take a couple of steps back and talk and, you know, discuss about these things and, and realize that it's cause it's very, that knee jerk reaction to sort of, jump back in and you know go hit for hit so sometimes you have to kind of be the bigger bigger person and and that and but again it's 
It's all a process. You know what it's like. Yeah. Like trying to do better for yourself and trying to be. I love like at school we use this thing. Um, it's a little poster statement kind of, you know, rather than saying they're rules or they're, you know, they're kind of like expectations that we want the kids to aspire yep. towards. And like this one that I love, it says, um, pursue your personal best no matter who you work with. I just say to the kids, I want you to try your best. Everything you do, I want you to try your best and give it a go. And remember, you're not just trying to, you know, I kind of fall in the category of how your dad would think that I don't, I don't want you to just beat Shane. Yeah. I want you to beat yourself. I want you to get better because you want to get better. Not because you just want to beat the other person. And I think going forward, this will be such an important feature of how we share this message with kids that, you know, it's not just about beating Shane. It's about how can you help Shane also succeed? How can you, by helping Shane, how can you be pursuing your personal best? You know, so I think, yeah, these are going to be some really interesting times. Like, um, and just maybe one last thing. Um, so you, your boys also are doing like vocational things. I, I know now your kids, you know, they're not primary age or like yeah. um, very small, but maybe, you know, for even parents who are listening who have kids now, you know, kind of thinking about the world of work. You know, one of your, um, Jenny's now studying to become a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> I know, funny. Um, but yeah, like maybe talk about how you talk them through some of these conversations around career and work and stuff. Were there any tips and ideas you have to share finally with the folks? Um, well, again, it's, it's a mixed bag. You know, Jenny... Um, as soon as she left high school, she rolled straight into a double degree, you know, mm. law and criminology. And yeah. she did so well with it until she hit the two-year mark and it started to be doing a lot of trial and a lot of stuff that was outside of either her comfort zone or she really kind of looked deep and sort of said, hey, this is not what I want to do. Mm. So, you know, so she came home and, you know, she was so worried that we would be disappointed because she didn't want to do it. And, you know, it's it's so funny because we knew she was under all this stress. You know, she'd be crying all the time and she was, you know, you could see she was really white-knuckling a lot of these um tutorials and everything else that she was doing and so when we finally had this 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 talk and she's just pouring out all you know all her fears and all her you know I've just wasted two years and everything else and I said to her you know it's it the information you have the experiences you have you know being able to research an argument and then being able to voice that argument against opposition in front of your peers like they're all good learning moments, all mm. tools that she can use. Yeah. So again, instead of her just quitting and saying, okay, that's it. I've tried university. Not for me. Mm. She rolled over into education and it has been like a fish to water. Like she is just so amazing with it. And it's hard as well because you know, Carol is just mm. phenomenal. So mm. It, it that's daunting, mm. you know. That it, well, her mum is, you know. Yeah, she not only views her mum so highly, but we know how hardworking, dedicated. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Who wants that? Like yeah. that'd be that'd be the thing. So she's yeah, she's doing really well, and you know, and she's so she's always been the kind of like little den mother to the others. You know, the both boys adore her, and you know, her and Katie at the moment they're they're good, but it's you know sisters. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's. 
there's quite that that little thing at the moment. But the good thing is Jen knows that Katie will go through it and they'll be, you know, best friends and when, you know, Katie's older and, and that as well. So that's really good. And, and Aiden, Aiden was always incredibly intelligent and gifted and, and really skated through school. And so we had high hopes that he would, you know, go to university. But the biggest thing with Aiden is he is so individual and so incredibly self-reliant he gets so much of my mother um into him that he doesn't he doesn't rely on anyone else he this kid will go i remember when he rode his bike all the way to cool and gather yeah yeah you know that's like a 50k bike ride on his bmx he went down to flew down to sydney with his friends yeah to do a bike weekend and he packed his bike up in a suitcase yeah in a suitcase i know like he just he so for all of them he's probably the least that I worry about I mean he does he's more likely to do silly things um, you know particularly if someone says hey I dare you to do this um, but he is the one that I know you drop him anywhere he'll survive he'll, nice, he'll yeah. get himself home um, whereas Christopher's that quiet industrious one that he's you know we're hoping he's got an aptitude for an electrician like that's what he wants to do so we're 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 sort of making moves he's in year 11 so we're looking at doing him doing a cert for um kind of preparation for an apprenticeship after school and then then katie's the only only real wild one at the moment that um we don't know but you know i still really don't know um we've all had all tried different things so i'm I've never put that pressure on him to sort of say, hey, what do you want to do now? Like, no. What do you want to do with your life? I've always sort of said to them, what makes you happy? What, what interests you? Like, what can we help you to explore? Or But I guess the beauty of that also comes again from that principle, if I'm hearing correctly, of honesty. Yeah. You know, that relationship, again, founded on honesty. We can talk about pretty much anything. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know... Whether it's work stuff, relationship stuff, money stuff, whether it's sad, happy or bad stuff, dad and mum are here to talk about it. Not to give you answers, but to, you know, to tell you how it is when they need to, when when you guys needed to and, you know, to listen when we needed to, when you needed to and to then, you know, give some some awesome ideas as well for them to go forward. Yeah, that's the plan. That's what we've always tried to do and, and... you know, it's funny, the girls kind of for, you know, Jen and, and Carol will talk for hours, you know, <laughs> yeah. different teaching strategies and, and, you know, this, that and the other. And then, you know, Jen will be over and I'll be watching a movie and she'll sp- spend five minutes. And the next thing you know, she'll sit down beside me and we'll be talking and watching the movie. And, you know, both the girls have always, I've always gone shopping with them because yeah. Carol's that no fuss, no mask, grab it off the rack, I'm in and out done. <laughs> um, whereas I'm happy to go to different stores, they can try them on, all this sort of stuff. So Super dad. Yeah, so whereas, whereas mm. the boys, you know, Carol was always so much patient with them for learning to drive. Um, so, yeah, it, it it's just a knowing your strengths and weaknesses, I suppose, and then hoping that your partner or trusting that your partner will be able to fill in the, the kind of areas where you're not so good at. Yeah. You know, so th- there's no favorites or there's no, um, or anything like that because. Katie they, just gave him a dirty look. <laughs> um, <laughs> but just because they, 
they know that you know so so Christopher will come and talk to me about certain things because he it's more comfortable for him yeah. as a man to man and and same as the girls you know so there'll always be stuff that'll be girls will talk to girls boys will talk to boys yeah. but um, on the whole of it we always we always try to encourage that that they can ask us and tell us anything and we're not gonna then you know they're not going to be punished they're not going to be um, I suppose admonished or you know mm. what I mean for for telling us how they feel yeah for sure hey Shane brother thank you so much no, for absolutely this has been a wonderful conversation it's probably the shortest conversation yeah we've <laughs> yeah, ever had <laughs> recorded for everyone but no um yeah I'm so grateful that you could uh, come on come on the show with us always and happy share. to yeah it's been great hopefully yeah in the near future we'll get Carol as well to yeah. share her her ideas and um, someone far far more intelligent no way no no please but again like I said to you buddy like I always was so touched and honoured I really now being in my 30s and I thought wow I, I, driving here this afternoon I'm like I spent a lot of my 20s in that decade in oh, your house absolutely just observing how you raised your children and you know and I just and I'm thinking wow we're doing this conversation tonight and you know, the things you're saying, I can just see the movies play out in my head because I've had the opportunity and blessing to be here when those things were happening. Yeah. And, um, yeah, thank you again for no, no, all I, that you shared. And, um, yeah, look forward to having you back on sometime soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Shane. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to Raising Our Children, your podcast dedicated to exploring the real issues of learning, health, and well-being. Thank you, everyone.